1: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open.
0: Off the end of the back straightaway, Larson's going to send it, Larson's in the wall, Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper, Logano leads down the back straightaway, Keselowski's in line, now he turns him! Team Penske, cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame.
1: NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here's your host, Mike Bagley.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we have cleared the West Coast swing, but now we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of hammer time. And we are not speaking of MC Hammer, the recording artist, NASCAR dropping the hammer after Phoenix. So in case you've missed it, here's what's happened. Friday, when we opened up for practice in Phoenix, NASCAR saw something they didn't like on the four Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolets and the number 31 car for Justin Haley at Colleg Racing. What they didn't like was the louvers on the hood. Now, if you don't know what a louver is, when you look at a next-gen cup car, that's basically the air inlets in the hood. Well, they didn't like what they saw. They confiscated them, and they reacted on Wednesday with massive, massive penalties with major implications. We're going to run them down for you. So, you have the number five car, Kyle Larson. Crew Chief Cliff Daniels fined $100,000 suspended for the next four races. Team and driver have been assessed with a 100-point loss, a penalty there, and a loss of 10 NASCAR playoff points. That is also the case with Rudy Fugel, William Byron's crew chief, Blake Harris, Alex Bowman's crew chief, now, the unique one here is Alan Gustafson also got it on the Chase Elliott car. A $100,000 fine suspended for the next four races. The team has been assessed the loss of 100 points and 10 playoff points. Chase will not, Chase Elliott, that is, will not be uh, docked with the 100-point penalty because he wasn't in the race. And Josh Berry, the replacement driver for Chase, doesn't collect points in the Cup Series because he is taking points in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. So... Hendrick Motorsports teams penalized and fined, and Hendrick Motorsports is appealing those penalties. So this is where we sit right now. Depending on how that appeal goes, these penalties will stick. They'll be raised. They'll be lowered. We'll have to see what the appellate committee feels about that. As far as Justin Haley is concerned, his crew chief, Trent Owens, He, too, has been fined $100,000, suspended for the next four races, and the team and driver have been assessed a 100-point penalty, 10 NASCAR playoff point penalty as well. What that means is when we adjust the points totals in the Cup Series, Alex Bowman, your points leader coming out of Phoenix, will now fall to 23rd in points. William Byron falls to 29th. Kyle Larson falls to 32nd. And since Justin Haley had only 60 points, that 100-point penalty now will find him minus 40 points in the 43rd and final points position. William Byron had 13 playoff points. After Phoenix, he now has three. Alex Bowman has minus 10. Kyle Larson has minus nine. Justin Haley has minus 10. Those are the playoff points. So what that means, let's say Alex Bowman wins the next two races. Well, you get five bonus points, playoff points for winning a race. Basically, the next two race wins are gratis before they can start counting playoff points. We'll follow this story. We'll see how the appeal process goes. We'll see how all this shakes out. But as we go into Atlanta, quite the shakeup and the hammer coming down from NASCAR as they found irregularities with those hood louvers on those Hendrick Motorsport Chevrolets and the Colleague Racing Chevy of Justin Haley as well. Wow. Uh, there have been some major penalties in the sport, but this one this one stings pretty hard because it affects all four Hendrick Motorsports cars, cars that in some way, shape, or fashion have been dominant in some form over the course of the last couple of races or so. But wait, there's more. There's also been a penalty assessed to Denny Hamlin, who in his podcast on Monday, Actions Detrimental, in the conversation in that podcast, admitted to intentionally wrecking Ross Chastain at the end of the Phoenix race. So with that, NASCAR got a hold of that audio. They listened to it, and they did not like what they heard, and they have since penalized Denny $50,000 and fined him 25 points. They assessed that points penalty. That knocks Denny Hamlin back to 12th. So let's recap the points for you. Harvick is now your points leader. Ross Jastain is second, Christopher Bell third, Ryan Blaney fourth, Kyle Busch fifth, Martin Truex Jr. in sixth, with Daniel Suarez in seventh, Joey Logano in eighth, Brad Keselowski ninth, Chris Buescher now in tenth. Again, Hamlin falls to 12th in points, Bowman to 23rd, Elliott to 26th, Byron to 28th, Larson to 32nd, and Justin Haley to 43rd. Again, keep it here at the Motor Racing Network. We'll keep you updated on the Hendrick Appeals. Uh, Denny Hamlin's will stick as far as we know, but quite the shakeup and the shuffle coming out of the final race of the West coast swing, the United Reynolds work United 500 at Phoenix raceway over the weekend. That was a race weekend that also had the NASCAR Xfinity series racing out West. And as we transition from matters of jurisprudence, as it pertains to the sanctioning body, let's chat with a driver that had a great run in the Xfinity series race on Saturday. Ryan Truex driving for Joe Gibbs Racing and what is a rideshare car, the number 19 car, the Toyota Super there, Jason Ratcliffe, the crew chief. Well, Ryan Truex took the reins on Saturday, and he powered to a second-place finish. And we wanted to catch up with Ryan and check in with him, extend our congratulations and have a conversation. So let's go to the NASCAR live wide open zoom hotline. And we do bring in the driver of the number 19 car that finished second on Saturday. Ryan Truex is with us. Ryan, welcome to NASCAR live wide open.
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: I had to have you on, man. That was a good run you had on Saturday in the Xfinity series race. I know you wanted the win, but at the same time, that car from our perspective looked awesome. How is it from your perspective?
1: Yeah, it was overall it was just a good, uh, solid weekend. Um, you know, it's always tough when you're out of the car for a while and you got to jump back in. You know, especially when you have an opportunity in a car as good as a Joe Gibbs Racing car. Um, so, I feel like I, I put in a lot of work in the off season and um, did a lot of studying and and trying to improve myself as a race car driver. And you know, I was glad to see that that all paid off. Um, you know, right off the bat in practice, we were really fast. And I think we were at the top of the chart on all of the, you know, 10, 15, 20 lap averages, which was really the goal of the, of the practice, um, and what we kind of set out to do. So it was a good start. Um, the race was kind of up and down and, uh, yeah, we just, you know, managed to put ourselves in a good position at the end. I really, really wanted it. And I was, you know, giving it all I had, um, I feel like maybe if I had some more time or, You know would have got past the uh the college cars a little faster i might have had a shot but you know it is it is what it is and um you know it's it's tough to be upset about a second but you know when you're that, that close and you can see the leader and you're you know five car lengths away um it's definitely bittersweet
0: so many thoughts we want to get from you on that weekend and about driving that car but i'll start with something you just said a moment ago when you mentioned that you put in a lot of work race fans hear it we hear it and for those that don't know what does that mean? They associate you by getting into the race car for practice, for qualifying for the race. And then they don't see or hear from you for the most part until you get back in it. What happens during the week? What kind of work is put in?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a big part of it is just staying fit, um, you know, physically and mentally. Uh, there's, there's so much effort that needs to be, you know, put forward. And so much that your body goes through in a race that you don't do outside of a race car. Um, you know, muscles you don't use in your neck and shoulders, uh, being used to the heat. There's all these, you know, small things that you don't really think about until you're in the car. And and once you get out, you're like, man, this hurts or that hurts. Or I feel like I could be better here or there. Um, So it was really just trying to, for me, identify my, you know, my weak points uh, where I needed to improve. Um, You know, luckily the, the heat in Phoenix wasn't an issue. So being able to run early in the year kind of gets me, Reacclimatize to the, the heat um, and not kind of be thrown in when it's, you know, 95 degrees outside. So that's, I think that for a race car driver, especially a NASCAR is the toughest part is it's hard to simulate, um, you know, a heart rate that's jumping up and down and spiking and, you know, in the 150 to 170 range and also be in you know, 120 to 140 degree heat for two to three hours. So that's something that I've tried to to simulate a little bit Um, and also just you know studying uh, past races at Phoenix past races with me and them try to watch my own in cars and identify mistakes I've made in the past Um, and then kind of identify where I can be better as a race car driver there's all these you know little things that you can go through and do and and teach yourself that I think you can apply when you get back in and you know when you got eight months out of the car, like I did, you've got a lot of time to look at a lot of different things for sure.
0: How do you address your mental health and how do race car drivers go about making sure they're physically fit, but also mentally fit when they get in the race car as well?
1: You know, for someone like me, um, that's been around for a long time and, uh, feels like I've been super close to a lot of, you know, kind of career changing opportunities and, you know, kind of seeing them slip away. Um, You know it's just about being mentally tough and, and knowing how to deal with those things knowing how to not let it affect your next race um you know it's it's really easy as a driver to to have you know big ups and big downs and really you know at times um doubt yourself for sure and you know social media and things like that don't always help that situation for sure so it's really learning how to you know tune those kinds of things out um, you know just focus on being the best version of yourself and I think every race car driver on the track has to believe that they're the best driver there um, if they want to be successful and I believe that you know all the successful ones do think that. so it's definitely a mentality that you've got to have. you've got to be a little selfish and you've got to be you know all about yourself to, to really make it happen.
0: This opportunity that you have this year is six races. That was announced back in December, and you've obviously climbed aboard the car. you got a handful of starts left to go. How how do you view this opportunity? You're in great equipment. We saw that over the weekend. We know you're a good race car driver. What does this six-race block that you have on the books and on the calendar for JGR mean to you? And is it possible that you can take this and roll this into something perhaps maybe larger after this is done?
1: Yeah, that's – For sure, my goal is to try to roll it into something larger. And obviously, my best bet would be to to be racing full time for Joe Gibbs Racing and in the Xfinity Series. I feel like, for me, I feel like I fit in well with the team. um, You know, and I feel valued there, which is something I feel like I've been missing for for a little while now. Um, You know, I feel like my input is actually taken in and considered, and viewed as helpful and there's things i've been able to do away from the track that i felt like have um you know been helpful for the team and just been helpful for me to you know feel like i'm part of something bigger and contributing to something bigger um so for me you know i've i've really enjoyed working with the team and and feel really just feel at home there um you know and being able to work with everybody at toyota racing development again has been been really cool Um, i started my career there so to kind of come full circle and be back with them is is really cool and been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you know, I I feel like last year was part of it was me just getting used to being in, you know, that caliber of, of equipment again um, and kind of having to relearn how to drive Xfinity cars because it had been a little while since I've driven them. So I feel like this year coming in with the same crew chief, the same guys working on the car. Um, same cars obviously the, the new rules changes are a little, little different but i feel like we've got a pretty good handle on them um you know i feel like right now i'm definitely in the position where i feel like i can go out and win races and i feel like that's you know what i need to do at this point um so i feel like i've got some good tracks on my schedule and uh yeah just got to go out and make it happen what
0: tracks will be on your schedule this year
1: so it's still a work in progress but my next one's atlanta and i know i have dover on there which I have a big circle on that one. So uh, we're still working through it a little bit, but definitely uh, definitely have someone circled on the calendar that I'm looking forward to, for sure.
0: You know, you, you talk about having the same guys, having the same crew chief, in the same equipment. Is there something to be said for for normalcy? Because we talk about chemistry, how much it means in the sport, and with a driver that, at least for now, with a part-time schedule, I imagine as much normalcy as one could get, one would welcome it. Is is there something to that?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's really tough as a driver just to jump in and out of a car and, you know, be on the sidelines for a few weeks or months at a time and then get thrown right back into it. And when you can at least, you know, at the very least have the same guy on the radio, have the same spotter up in the stands, you know, just one less thing to really even have to think about that just kind of comes natural i think is huge and even from the crew chief and spotters perspective having you know having the same driver in there more often and, and being able to work with the same driver for another year in a row i feel like it's helpful for them because they kind of know my feedback they know what i'm looking for um jason Ryancliffe knows if i say on the radio i'm um, I'm a two out of five tight or loose or I'm screaming or I'm quiet. He knows, you know, he kind of gets the general idea of what I need and what I'm looking for without me having to really go into a big explanation. So things like that are, you know, just small little pieces that all start to add up. And, you know, when I do get the chance to jump back in, just makes makes my job a whole lot easier.
0: Jason is the most decorated crew chief in the Xfinity Series like ever. He's the winningest crew chief He's got impressive credentials. What does he do for you as a driver? How does he impart wisdom on you? How does he make you better? And in turn, how does he, in your opinion, make the whole race team better?
1: He's just, man, he's just got, honestly, he's just got ice in his veins. Like he's just calm, cool, and collected at all times. And I feel like for me, I can definitely get, you know, I have times where I can get fired up on the track or on the radio, and and he's really good at keeping me calm. Um, You know, he doesn't doesn't seem like he's ever super stressed out about a decision or an idea or anything like that. And, you know, obviously he's, obviously he knows what he's doing. He's a very smart guy and and knows how to apply it and call a race and make adjustments. He's really just kind of a fully rounded crew chief. Um, you know, and he's been a cup series winner. So he's been through all of it. And, uh, he's, he's been really fun to work with. I felt like I've, I've learned a lot from him and, um, Yeah, I definitely feel like he's the guy that can take me to the victory lane for sure.
0: Well, that next opportunity that you mentioned is this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, the newly reimagined Atlanta Motor Speedway. You were third here last summer. What is your take on how you race Atlanta now with the Speedway-style racing that we've seen? And what do you expect on Saturday when you take the green flag in your 250-miler?
1: Yeah, it's man, it's super, super different from anything I've ever done. Um, you know, it looks more like Super Speedway racing, but it doesn't really feel like it. Um, it's honestly, when my first laps on there, I was like, this is the weirdest track I think I've ever driven on with the Super Speedway package on the cars. Um, the corners are just so tight and there's, it feels like you're, it's so, so narrow. Um, you know, I know you can fit three cars three wide there, but it does not feel like it at all. Just the, the sense of like tunnel vision you get there is, is so crazy. And the corners just feel so much tighter than what you'd think they would. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. I feel like handling comes into play more than, you know, more than I had expected. Um, and it's it's just different. Like We don't really have pack racing. I feel like it's kind of like four and five car lines that catch each other and pull away from each other. You can kind of break free from one and latch on to the next one. Um, and you really got to time your moves well, and it's it's super easy to lose the draft and end up in your own little pack, you know, half a track down, which happened to us at one point last year. So I feel like it's not the type of situation where you can go ride around in the back because I don't think there's a big enough hole punched in the air with cars two and three wide to to gain your spots back easily. I feel like you have to have a really good car and really good pushers or be a really good pusher to be able to make anything like that happen. So. I feel like you got to have the right strategy and keep yourself at the front all day to to really have a shot to win.
0: I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll be up there at some point. You had eight laps last summer and you finished in the third position. Before we let you go, we know about the of the part time effort that you've got going on so far with Joe Gibbs. What else are you doing these days? What else occupies your time? And 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 what are you doing? A lot of fans want to know.
1: A little bit of everything, honestly. Um, I've I've been doing a lot of things kind of behind the scenes with the race team um, that have been I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about most of them but they've been super rewarding and uh, been doing some work with um, uh, Toyota and and things like that so I feel like I've I'm doing more now as a driver not racing full time than I feel like I have in in years so there's a lot of cool stuff behind the scenes that I've I've been able to be a part of that's been really fun like i said just really happy to be part of joe gibbs racing and toyota and and get my hands in a whole bunch of cool things away from the racetrack and i've been having a lot of fun so obviously the goal is to be full-time racing that's you know my my passion my dream what i work for every day um but you know in the meantime i'm glad to Glad to be in the position I'm at and uh, hopefully can just continue to make the most of it.
0: Well, it sounds like that things are going good. Things are going great. Glad to have you back on the racetrack. Congrats on the great run at Phoenix. We'll look forward to a good run uh, for you this Saturday at Atlanta and we'll wait to hear what other races you have coming up. Glad you're part of the mix, my friend. We've missed you and we wish you
1: the best. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: Ryan Truex, we wish him the best. We hope that Things turn out for him. He's able to get a full-time ride. Get him back on the full-time circuit there in the world of NASCAR. So glad that we had that opportunity to visit with Ryan. All right, time to check some odds. I guess my first question is, have the penalties of the week affected the odds? Let's bring in producer Trey to get us squared away for what will be a 400-miler at Atlanta on Sunday. The The Better Health 400. Trey, what are the odds saying? Have they changed at all considering the events of the week? Well, Mike, considering
3: William Byron has won two straight races and he's the defending winner of this race, going into the week when the odds opened, Byron was the favorite. And that has not changed. And I do not expect it to, uh, even though Hendrick is deferring the crew chief suspension. So William Byron will be without Rudy Fugel this weekend. I still think Byron is going to stay the favorite at plus 900 or nine to one. And right behind him, you've got a gaggle of drivers, five of them. At 12 to 1, and it includes another Hendrick Motorsports driver who is going to feel the effects of the suspensions for the crew chiefs. Kyle Larson will not have Cliff Daniels. He is at 12 to 1, as well as Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, and the Team Penske duo of Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney. My pick, though, for the race is going to go to a driver who is now in the top 10 in points because of all the points penalties to. Hendrick Motorsports, you mentioned him. Uh, Both of the RFK, Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski racing cars are now in the top 10 in points. And I'm going with Brad Kozlowski. Brad is at plus 1,800 or 18 to 1 to win this weekend in Atlanta. We know Brad's prowess as a Speedway racer. Him and Chris were both up front, late in the going, in the Daytona 500. And they have turned things around, running well at Las Vegas, running well at At Phoenix this past week, Keselowski uh, fell back at the end but was close in in that top five range for the majority of the race. I think they've got some momentum going, uh, even though both of the cars, it was a rough day for them to start the year at the Clash with both Brad and Chris not making the main event there, but they have turned things around. It looks like RFK has turned a corner, and I think Keselowski can win this weekend. Always on these style of races, it's good to look at long shots. Last year, we almost had one in the summer race, at Atlanta, when Corey LaJoy was racing Chase Elliott for the win there, LaJoy is fifty to one to win this weekend. There is no reason to think he can't get up front and possibly shock the world again this weekend. LaJoy fifty to one is a long shot I'm looking at, and then another one steeper odds than LaJoy, Harrison Burton eighty to one. If you remember, I think the caution was out around ten laps to go. Who was out front in the Daytona 500? Harrison Burton. He's a pretty Sporty speedway racer. He's basically the fourth Penske car, so we'll have Logano, Cindric, and Blaney to work with. And the Fords were very strong in Daytona, so I think Burton is worth a flyer at eighty to one. LaJoy at fifty to one. But my pick to ultimately win the race, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski at eighteen to one.
0: Brad Keselowski is a good restrictor plate racer, good speedway racer, as it were. And wouldn't surprise me if he's not up there. Wouldn't surprise me if about. Everybody that you mentioned, plus about five or six more, doesn't have a shot to win this race on Sunday. So we'll see how it all unfolds. And again, not to belabor the point, but even though Hendrick Motorsports is appealing the penalties of the week, they have started those crew chief suspensions to get them going. There will be substitute crew chiefs for the Hendrick Motorsports drivers this weekend. In Atlanta, the Performance Racing Network will have the coverage from the Atlanta Motor Speedway on Saturday and Sunday. MRN will actually be Atlanta Motor Speedway on Saturday afternoon with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. The Freight 208 will come your way live from the ATL. Be sure to catch it all right here on the Motor Racing Network, beginning at 1:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Wow, what a week this has been, folks. Thanks for the download. We appreciate you. For producer Trey, I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN team, we hope you have a great week. We'll look forward to coming to you live from Atlanta this weekend. And, of course, we'll follow the story as it pertains to Hendrick Motorsports and the massive penalties that came out from Phoenix. Until we speak again, my friends, so long, everybody.
1: NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com.